Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the life of Brian to his holy grail, Michael Howard. Aw, oh, man, I kind of forgot that he passed away, but yeah. thank, thank yeah, you for making me too. the holy grail, because yeah. I haven't seen Life of Brian. So, <laughs> Really? I Yeah, I think I wasn't allowed, because... Mm, that makes sense. I guess slightly sacrilegious? Well, it's kind of like a, uh, I would say, a parody of the, like the story of Jesus's life. So, right. yes. Yeah, slightly. Although, Although like, the other one's called the Holy Grail, so. Right. More so, you'd think. And also, I'm pretty sure I remember my parents letting me watch Blazing Saddles as like a <laughs> 10-year-old. So Yeah, but that's not sacrilegious. That's just dirty jokes. Dirty, dirty jokes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, R.I.P. Terry. Yeah. Um, they took the wrong one. He seemed cool. Terry Gillum <laughs> seems like an asshole now. So, I mean, they could have yeah, taken Terry him Gillum away. Yeah, Terry Gillum kind of sucks. Um, John, I'm glad that John Cleese and Eric Idle are still around, though, because I feel like they're still doing shit. Yeah. They um, seem like good dudes. But, no, it's sad. It's sad, especially because, like, I don't know, that that Monty Python influenced my humor more than I even realized, I think. Mm-hmm. Because they would always just have the old ones on, like, random... I don't even know what channel when it was on or anything. I would just turn on the TV and there'd be like Monty Python. Um, like Ministry of Silly stuff. Walks stuff. Yeah, right. Ministry of Silly Walks was a huge part of my college. <laughs> it's at least 20 to 35 percent of my my sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And um, it's just the weird irreverent shit that it's kind of like that you either love it or you hate it. Uh, it's that that's basically my my form of humor. So. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it's sad. It's sad, but it made me want to go back and rewatch a lot of these. So I'm probably gonna give me something to do. Sure, least. and luckily you have a spouse who shares your exact same sense of uh, televised <laughs> humor, and she'll sit along and laugh just every, just as hard as you do. <laughs> this is what I don't get. Like we've watched Monty Python, uh, Flying Circus, like sketches before, and she enjoys some of them. Like Ministry of Silly Walk, she's all in on. Sure. Um, but it's like, I don't know. There, there's definitely a tipping point. I have, I, I've known Rachel for so long, and I still don't know the exact point at where it goes from being funny to her to being the stupidest thing she's ever seen. There is a line, and I don't know where it is. I'm sure you'll get there, buddy. <laughs> when she serves you papers. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I found it. That was the uh, line. It wasn't that one. Mm. Well, mm. okay. Well, mm. Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I discovered that I did not finish my cold brew this morning. Uh, as I was leaving for work, it was still in my thermos, so I you mentioned chugged your, that. Yeah, you mentioned you're a little chemically enhanced right now. <laughs> in a different way than I normally am. I'm not, right. <laughs> I'm just wired, and I'm, I'm liable to go off on a tangent and start yelling about literally anything. I mean, you're brimming with podcast energy. Like, your potential podcast energy is off the charts right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Anything my, my kinetic po podcast energy very high. Hopefully, hopefully we 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 pull it off. Well, between my dry January and you're just coked up uh, <laughs> January twenty third, I think we're in for a, a treat. Um, Michael, any how, fun stories? Oh, sorry. How is the dry? How is say? Hey, how are you doing? How is that dry January treating you? I think I've lost like eight pounds. Just Ooh, from I just came up with a good name because there's like no nut November. You yeah. know, you have the alliteration. No juice January. Yeah, okay. I'll go with no juice January. 
Yeah, it's, sorry, it took 23 days to come up with it. It's it's fine. We didn't talk about it much before this. <laughs> and also, I mean, it's better than saying sober January implies there's a problem. Um, and yeah, like when you, you bring the word sober into it, it implies that you are a drunk. And like you know it. Mm-hmm. And like you're teetering on admission, but like <laughs> just a one month though. Yeah, and, but dry January also kind of implies the same thing. No juice January is just like, yeah, I'm having fun with it. I'm having fun. Yeah, I don't need my juice. Yeah. Well, I guess speaking of no nut November, do you? I guess we just have to talk about the peanut in the room, the elephant eating a peanut in the room. Yeah, I uh, I still don't understand why. Why? I guess there's a lot of things I don't understand about Mr. Peanut. Why they killed him, first of all. I guess, like, 30th of all, but, like, why does he exist? (laughs) Why is he an anthropomorphized peanut wearing, like, rich people going to the opera clothes and then selling his brethren? Well, everyone knows that uh, peanuts are a rich man's snack. Everyone knows, classically. (laughs) Um... Okay, what? Hold up a second. I'm just learning um, that Bill Hader recently took over as the voice of Mr. Peanut in their hmm. commercials, succeeding the actor Robert Downey Jr. I did read that, and it was it was talking about how apparently, uh, canonically, Mr. Peanut is supposed to be British. He's from England, but apparently sure. he has shed his. Uh, his, his imperial roots. Yeah, he's he's a colonist now. Okay, <laughs> I, although I guess now that I now that I say it, he's a British guy who wears very fancy clothes and sells his brethren. So now that's pretty much on like on point for like early two thousand or like nineteen twenties capitalism, which is I assume when they came up with this. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, first of all, he was created by a man named Antonio Gentile, which is a fucking dope ass name. Um, okay. Let's talk. So in this commercial. Uh, which obviously is just setting up some stupid Super Bowl commercial. Um, yeah. So Mr. Peanut is driving along in the Peanut Mobile along, I assume, the Grand Canyon with actor Wesley Snipes and then also like bit character actor Matt Walsh from like Veep and also just everything. <laughs> so Matt Walsh and Wesley Snipes obviously Wait, was always Wesley hang out. Wesley Snipes was the other guy? Yeah. Who'd you think it was? You racist? I don't know. I only saw the commercial on my phone. So I I don't know who I thought it was. Well, normally when you see Wesley Snipes around an unholy monster, he's <laughs> killing it with a sword. I just um, want to see the commercial. Why why are you keep sending me to Good Morning America? Anyway, Mr. Pian is driving the nutmobile around, and then they fly off the edge of the road and all are landing on a holding onto a tree trunk, mm-hmm. and then Mr. Peanut kills himself. It drops off the, the branch. To save Matt Walsh and Wesley Snipes, as you do, and then the Peanut Mobile explodes and kills Mister Peanut. Mm-hmm. Um, which I gotta say, this Michael, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I also feel the same way. Just as based on who, what yeah. I know about him, which is nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing, other than he's a capitalist pig um, who sells off his his own his own folks. Um, Having almost killed our friend Matt with a peanut once, I've, you know, I've held a grudge against peanuts, not against myself, but that they are so deadly poisonous to our friend Matt and that I unwittingly almost killed him via a peanut. So I'm fine with this fucker being dead. 
do you think that they are finally leaning into the fact that everyone's allergic to peanuts and they're going to come up with a new allergen friendly mascot? We, I mean, maybe, maybe the tough part is he'd still be hawking the allergy allergen filled, like just chock full to the brim of allergens peanuts. Yeah, but like that's not he personally is not going to come around and make you you know die so he himself is not actual toxic poison to you he's just trying to sell you toxic poison right because like you know he has the peanut mobile you know he he's he's a mascot he's dancing around for the kids and like kids who are you know allergic to peanuts they can't you don't want you don't want to tell them yeah go hug mr peanut you don't know where he's been my problem with this commercial i mean maybe michael maybe my problem is that they didn't kill him enough times and enough ways like there's there should have been 20 different commercials in which mr peanut dies increasingly violent deaths in one of which john wick should have killed him they should have shown mr peanut killing john wick's dog and then being hunted down brutally and brutally murdered i would be all for a series of commercials where mr peanut gets just savagely murdered Repeatedly. Just increasingly, just horrifyingly broadcast on TV and YouTube, just murdered. Oh, you know what should have happened at the end of that commercial? They should have been ground down into peanut butter and Wesley Snipes should have eaten them on a sandwich. I was just saying they would be like, oh, roasted peanuts. And they're just taking a big old bite out of his entire uh, half of his body because there's two. It's in two halves, I assume now. I mean, yeah, that. OK, that's another thing. It, did they crack him open and eat his good nuts? Good is his good nut meat. It's roasted. Who doesn't like a roasted peanut? Besides friend, the aforementioned people who are allergic to peanuts. Our good friend, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Oops. He's <laughs> the only one. Yeah. Speaking of our friend, Matt, this is uh, Michael. I'm going off on a tangent now. Um, a couple weeks ago, him and his, uh, his wife posted a uh, an Instagram story of a product for babies. Um, and then I saw one. I saw two or three over the holidays delivered to my apartment complex just in the thing. I, I, I have this. I have no idea what this product is or does. I just know that it's the brand or the product name is Evenflow. Evenflow. Yeah, I sing it to myself every time <laughs> I see the product now or think about it. I've not listened to Pearl Jam in uh, probably six years. But every time I think of the the product, I can see the box etched in my head. And I'm just like, Evenflow. And I only say that. I don't sing any other part of the song. Well, that's, that's where uh, I'm at. Welcome to my... Three years of employment at a Toys R Us slash Babies R Us because Evenflow makes everything for babies, car seats, strollers, pumps, literally everything. And so whenever I would have to go into the Babies R Us section, I would see Evenflow and immediately because this was the late 90s. So it yeah. would it made even more sense that Pearl Jam would be on the brain. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Well, I've. Clearly come very late to the even flow train, but I got to say I'm loving it. I'm glad they're around. Yeah. For, for my amusement. But Michael, I'm glad this big peanut man is dead. I wish they had killed him in more ways. Uh, there's still time. Yeah. We I have guess. a few more weeks of the Super Bowl. Week and a half. Week. We're at a week. We have time yeah. is what I'm saying. We can still murder Mr. Peanut um, just a myriad ways. I mean, I I made a very bad joke for no one on on Twitter, uh, kind of uh, alluding to the like death of Superman, where he's just dead, and then aliens come over and take over the world. And then I we saw get, like, your tweet that said it was for absolutely no one, and I was like, yeah, you're right, because even I don't get this. Well, I'll say this: Curtis would get it. <laughs> you would not. <laughs> there's a after the death of Superman. There's a like, there's a comic arc 
where we get four cyborg supermen who just fight a four. lot. Four. Yeah. Also, I think steel came from that. God damn. If 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 we have a four cyborg Mr. Peanuts running around, this world is fucked. Tweet is better now, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of things falling and dying or not dying. Mm hmm. It's getting cold in Florida, Kush, our hometown. Our home, our hometown of Florida. Our hometown. Mm-hmm. It's it's all the same place, just all of Florida. Um, especially in South Florida, where people who are not from Florida may not know this. They know about the Gators, mm-hmm. but I don't think everyone knows about the iguanas that exist in South Florida, like giant motherfuckers. So here's the thing about Florida. Yeah, you got your alligators. Those those bad boys have been there for millions of years. Mm-hmm. Um. We've increasingly layered multiple invasive species, both plant and animal and probably like vi- viral, just over the entire like landscape of Florida. And there are multiple overlapping competing invasive species that just one kill the big the big boys who have been there for millions of years, but also fight each other mm-hmm. and also fuck like crazy. So we've talked about the the pythons and yeah. the, the anacondas and whatnot in the Everglades, but you just get big boy iguanas walking around southern Florida like they own some the place. real but like. Four foot long iguanas, some chunky boys. Yeah, they're. I mean, and they're just like, you know, they're chowing down on all of the fruit trees that exist in everyone's backyard in Florida, whether it's oranges or mangoes or papayas or whatever. So they're just getting fat, and they have no predators within neighborhoods, except like, our friend Oded. <laughs> exactly, except for Florida man, um, who I don't remember whether we've talked about this or not, but. Uh, Florida put out a APB to say that um, open season, open season, use your pellet guns to murder as many iguanas as you can. Like basically, if you can responsibly and ethically kill, like if you can 360 no scope, like headshot an iguana, (laughs) fucking do it. You like open season, open fire, but you have to do it in one shot of an air rifle. Sure. And I'm sure everyone is following that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's getting cold. And what happens when cold-blooded creatures get cold they just go to sleep they go to sleep no matter where they are or what they're doing they're just i'm done i'm out yeah and then they fall out of trees on and top then, of people <laughs> four foot iguanas falling out of trees so then the national people. weather service tweeted out an advisory that falling iguanas tonight in florida because it got into the 30s um and they did um so this is this happens every once in a while, and so we were mentioning our buddy Odad, who has killed. He's bagged multiple iguanas at this Multiples. point. He's very proud of it. He's been on the so his wife and sister in law are journalists. He's been on the news for iguana hunting before, <laughs> and so I mentioned this to him via text, and he's just like, his response was, "Oh yeah, I'm out driving around right now looking for iguanas to kill." My sister-in-law is actually doing the coverage here. I'm yeah. like, okay, first of all, buddy, you can't just go make the news. That's not how the news works. <laughs> it's a little wag the dog situation going on That is on exactly here. how I treated the news when I was in my reporting class in college. I only interviewed my friends and basically fed them quotes. But I was Obviously. doing that for a grade, not for journalistic integrity. <laughs> it's about ethics in iguana journalism, Michael. <laughs> uh, yes, but... In addition, so I'm sure that everyone has at least, if they haven't tried it, they've at least heard of uh, alligator meat. Like you Mm -hmm. can go to a lot of different places and get fried alligator. They serve it at tailgates. It's very good. It's delicious, a little chewy, but well, somebody thought, 
hey, we got all these giant ass iguanas that are cold, asleep, stunned, but not dead. Which means that if I find one that is still alive, just hibernating, it's not like it's been rotting. It's not like it's a it's roadkill. I pick right. this thing up. I can chop his head off, skin this bad boy, make myself some iguana skin boots, and sell the meat online. A little uh, little Philly. Little Florida Philly. <laughs> uh, and you'll never problem. believe what they're calling this meat. Gosh. What? Chicken of the trees. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, Florida Twitter. That's pretty good. Michael, it's, you did mention the order of operations you, you posited there was pretty important that like, okay, I collect stunned cold iguana. He's Correct. asleep. And then like you very quickly, you got to cut head off. Yes, because there was a story. I think it was, I don't know if it this was, was the last it was the last happened. it was the last time this happened, like two to three years ago. Guy starts collecting iguanas, puts them in his heated car. Oh, the warmest car. And then they wake up and go fucking ham on him. Yeah, because they're mean. Um, they're aggressive. They're horny. They, they'd just been sleeping for a long time, <laughs> so long, and now it's warm. And reptiles get very active. When, uh, when it's warm. Do you want to explain warm and cold-blooded stuff to us, buddy? <laughs> no, I was trying to remember whether an iguana is a reptile or uh, yeah. a different thing that I... And I, I was like, did I fuck that up? No, but you nailed it. I think and I they are cold-blooded. And what I remember from biology is that when cold-blooded things get hot, they get horny and angry. Oh, yeah. They just get so horny and mad, and they just go nuts. Well, it's because they have all of those teeth and no way to brush them. <laughs> Mama said. <laughs> so, so anybody listening out there in Florida, I know we have a lot. Uh, keep your head up. Wear a helmet if you need to when you're walking under some palm trees. And uh, if you have an air rifle... Go to town and start selling, start, uh, start eating good in, in, the, in the neighborhood. Yeah. Michael, you danced over the, or we danced over this chicken of the trees. Would you, would you eat an iguana? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Okay. I mean, I had, um, I had some crocodile meat when I was in Thailand and it was terrific. It was, it was a little bit better than alligator meat. I think it was a little bit wow. darker, a little bit darker, fattier. Okay. More flavorful. Sure. Um, I don't know what iguanas would taste like, but yeah, why not? Let's try anything once. Sure. I mean, they have all these iguanas that are just hanging out. We got lots of people who need food. It's true. Lots like, of people need food. Like, if you went food. to a soup kitchen, they were like, oh, instead of, like, whatever bland-ass soup we have, we have fucking grilled iguana. My gosh, actually, at this point, I think, I'm pretty sure eating iguana is the only ethical meal. It really is, yeah. They're invasive. They're, they're overpopulating. Invasive. Yep. They're killing yep. the natural habitat. Mm-hmm. Really, it's even a lot of vegan food is very ethically questionable. Yeah, Better almond milk is basically murdering the earth. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, so you're it, better off eating an iguana. Do your part. Go to our friend's house and eat some iguanas in his backyard. <laughs> so anyone that's a that's a vegan or a vegetarian based on you know ethical treatment of animals. Put up or shut up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's get the, let's get the challenge down. Chicken of the trees. Chicken of the trees. Uh, well, Michael, what else you got going on from this week, buddy? 
I did just read a headline that giant pizza, 103 meters long, that's 338 feet, raised funds for Australia firefighters. Wait, I gotta say... A long pizza? Not a round pizza? Long pizza. It's just, it's 338 feet long. Looks to be about two foot wide. Um, Looks like your classic margarita. There's some nice looking basil on there. I gotta say, I do like how creative people got raising money for, uh, for the Australia, like, brush fires. Mostly that, like, three women who just sold nudes online gave more money than jeff bezos did yeah so i tried that but it ended up costing me money honestly exposing yourself to strangers for money (laughs) no just being like hey i'll send you some nudes uh if you donate to this and they were like yeah uh we will donate if you don't send us any nudes ever actually never be nude is what they said it was very rude well sorry about your never nudeness now uh did you um (laughs) There was a uh, an Onion article that, or the Onion headline that said that uh, Australians were building a replica of, of Notre Dame in the path of the fires just to get trillions of dollars to help fight them. <laughs> Which, while sad, is also very funny. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about furries stopping uh, an assault? Always. I mean, we don't have to. Um, no, let's do you, it. Uh, oh, my God. Good, good, good listener, Dave. Yeah, sent us this story about these very justice hungry furries. <laughs> Just they, uh, they pulled a pulled a uh, domestic abuser out of the car and they yiffed him into submission. Not really. They just held him down. I just wanted to use the word yiffing. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, and again, you you nailed it. Perfect, perfect usage. Mm-hmm. Um, again. I mean, doesn't it surprise me? It wasn't my experience when I was around furries. Um, oh my god, autoplay video. Um, right? People people who create autoplay videos and allow them to exist should die. Should be yiffed to death by a group of angry furries. They should be Mr. Peanutted. <laughs> Split in half, roasted, and then their insides eaten by furries. I don't know so yeah, so... The, People were attending a furry convention, and they stepped outside to take a break, and a blue car stopped in front of the, these people, and they could hear yelling coming from the car. When they looked inside, somebody w- the driver was clearly trying to fight off whoever was in the passenger seat, um, yelling at them. So they pulled, they opened the door, woman driving, guy in the front seat, they pull him out, and basically, there's a video of people... Without their heads on, though, but in the in the full furry costume otherwise, just basically just pushing this guy onto the ground and, and holding him down until, like, security could arrive. So I can't, I can't, ima- I mean, can't imagine being in a situation where, like, I'm in a fight with my spouse and, like, it's going poorly for everyone and then getting pulled out of my car. I can't imagine that. I really can't imagine <laughs> doing anything anything and then a like good or bad and then a crowd of furries accosts me (laughs) yeah like what was his thought when he looked around and was like what the fuck is happening it's like i this can't be real did they know that they were at the furry convention i mean did they pull a meet and just stop at rosemont and just walk into the coffee shop and then oops furries um the other interesting thing is that it, it it was it's called furcon Sure. But it's not because they're furry. It's not the furry convention. Apparently, it's short for further confusion. 
okay, guess what? He showed up at the wrong place because this would confuse the absolute ever-loving <laughs> fuck out of me. Here I am just having the domestic with my partner. Everything's going swimmingly. And all of a sudden, three wolves and a dragon pull me out of my car and I'm <laughs> suddenly being pummeled and the cops are, cops are showing up. And somehow, I'm the criminal. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, they did pull him out of a car. That's got to be some level of a crime. Can you I know be they a were... dragon as a furry? I thought it had to be like a real animal. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say that when again, when I did swing by that that uh that very fun convention, I saw some uh, let's call them non traditional animal costumes. I just feel like dragons aren't furry. No, they don't have fur. They're actually very. They would be very scaly and scaly boys. Yeah, scaly boys, and like that doesn't seem comfortable. I didn't have enough time or inclination to really investigate the subcultures within the furry community. <laughs> I'm going to guess that there are scalies. Oh, yeah, that's true. But they have their own. They have Dragon Con. I think, well, no, actually, there are furries there. But I do think you've drastically misunderstood Dragon Con. <laughs> it's not a furry convention for dragons? No, but again, I, don't, I can't remember if I've told this on this show, but uh, I definitely did go... A couple years ago, uh, when I was uh, dating one girl, and we were walking through the exhibition, like the uh, the merchandising hall, and she pointed out a dog collar, and she's like, "Oh, you should get this for Sora." And I was like, "Please look at the rest of this booth. That's a a tail butt plug next to the collars and leashes you're pointing out. <laughs> this is just a furry stand." <laughs> uh, hey. You know what? So obvious, and obviously, Sora no longer has a tail. But so now she, she needs one. A, she needs one. So, so we were in the right place. You should have bought both. We were in the right place after all. Mm-hmm. That's a bad joke. <laughs> 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 all right, what else we got? What else you got for me? I feel like we're doing rapid fire, and I'm okay with it. We're doing a lot. Um. Oh, hold on. Okay, no, we can talk We've about stories ta- more. Well, you know what, Michael? Here we go, buddy. You ever heard of gritty? Oh, yes. One of the best mascots I've ever seen. It looks like Grimace fucked Snuffleupagus. And then the Philly fanatic maybe was watching. Watching and somehow got a little bit of his business in, mm-hmm. in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Gritty, the very good orange Philadelphia Flyers mascot, is apparently being investigated after claims that um, he physically assaulted a teen boy during a photo shoot. Which I guess he just like pushed him down or something. Um, God, fucking autoplay video. There is no way that this teenage. There are two autoplay videos going on the same page right now. This is. <laughs> there is Sorry, no way I mean... that the teenage boy is going along with this without force. Like, there's if you were a teenager, Kush, and you got pushed over by a mascot. Would you admit to anyone else that you got just whooped by a mascot? Like, if it was gritty, I would be bragging about it. Apparently, there is video evidence of it. Um, but also, have you met a thirteen-year-old boy? <laughs> there's no jury in the world who. There's no jury in the world would convict this. Would convict gritty. But also, gritty has like, he is the disgusting like personification of Philadelphia. Of Philadelphia? Yeah, just a a. Grindball city full of violence and hate. You can't be mad when he accident accidentally, quote unquote, shoves a little kid. He's he's made it a, a whole career out of assaulting people. <laughs> he's not a little of, kid. 
He's he's uh he's thirteen. Come on. He's old enough to hold his own against Gritty, is all I'm saying. Yeah, so I, I did find some quote from it's like if there was a fan experience called Gritty Punches Your Kid, I would take mine every weekend. Oh, a hundred percent. But like okay. I was talking I went on a date the other day and uh there ESPN was on and the Kansas Kansas State game was on and there was a huge fight at the end of that. And the woman I was with asked was like, Do you ever think like or like have there ever been like arrests from like a fight in a in a sporting event? And I was like, I mean probably, but also there should be certain spaces where certain levels of crime are just part of the game <laughs> and part of the fan experience. And I think mostly if a Philadelphia sports mascot assaults you, that's just part of the experience. There are some things that should just be allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the mascots, they're they're big and cuddly and people push them all the time, you know? Right. I mean, I remember going to a uh, like minor league baseball game as a kid and seeing three other like there are three teenagers. <laughs> the mascot was a big baseball with hands and feet. Mr. And Matt? they were just, similar to Mr. Met, but like with more ball and less legs. <laughs> so they just rolled the big baseball man down a like ramp they like he couldn't do anything because he had no leverage because his it was his arms were literally all inside the ball it was just hands and just feet and three teens just rolled this mascot who earned less than minimum wage i'm sure Mm -hmm. just down a ramp and then left them at the bottom (laughs) yeah i mean being a mascot seems like a very unfulfilling or not unfulfilling i say it seems like a kind of a very dangerous job like you're doing it for love of the game. For, yeah. I mean, you're getting paid n- almost nothing, if anything at all, for some of these amateur sports. Um, in Florida, in Gainesville, we had a person, we had people who would wear full on Alberta and Albert costumes in the hundred degree weather with the sun beating on them for four hours. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So, like, you know what? If a kid gets testy with gritty and he gets shoved. That's just part of the game. Yeah. And again, this is the mascot that the city of Philadelphia just all collectively agreed upon. It's like, this is our guy. This is our ride or die dog. I love Gritty. (laughs) He's my dude. And you can't get mad when a wild dog does wild dog stuff. Sorry, you asked for this. Just the idea of mascots, though, especially in professional sports and baseball, is kind of like, it's just so weird to me. And yeah. we, we had this discussion where we, we were looking at old mascots from like the 30s and 40s before people realized that like things could be terrifying, I guess. Like the original Mickey and Minnie Mouse were horrifying. Yeah, they were just pure Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, But like the Philly fanatic, for example, also from Philly. Well, so the what thing- is it with Philly and weird ass mascots? Again, Philly mascots are just the scum of the earth bastards. <laughs> like the, the city gets what it deserves. And also, Michael, I, I'm going to build on what you said for baseball. So a mascot, I feel like baseball is probably the only sport that should have mascots to distract, to provide you with any entertainment during a baseball game. That is true. It is very anything boring. at all, which to my point at this at this level of professional baseball playing. The mascots shouldn't just be walking around like waving and throwing baseballs at kids. They should be zip lining across the field with t-shirt guns, like shoot, like making oh, the game way more complicated. Yes. And just like, I mean, if the flea fanatic ran on the field and just like cock punched the pitcher, like <laughs> great. That again, that should be legal. 
Actually, yeah. So the mascot should be able to, like, at any point, demand to be a pinch hitter. No matter what the count is, no matter what the score is, he should be, at any point in the game, be able to walk up to the plate, kick the player in the balls for either team, shove them away, and just take take a pitch. Or maybe just sit in the dugout and just t-shirt cannon like the the third base coach or something. Mm-hmm. Like as as the guy's coming around the base and he's like he's waving him in and he just bam, shoots him right in the back of the head. And it's like now do I, do I go home or not? Like the most interesting thing about baseball in the last decade is that one team has been stealing signs <laughs> and hit like telling telling their players by banging a drum. That's the coolest thing that's happened in baseball, and like. There should be no crimes or fouls in baseball. What like everything should be legal, including and especially the mascot violence. Especially stealing signs. Like yeah. that is if you're gonna have signs as part of your game, I'm going to try to steal them. Yeah, and I and feel now, like we shouldn't I, have a camera set up in center field for sure, but No, no, we should definitely have a camera set up in because I want I want an arms race for stealing signs now. I want them to start We've been using this. Kush, you played baseball. We've been using the same fucking signs since yeah. we since we could remember. Like you've been tugging on your ear and wiping your nose and like doing something down your pants. Like we need new shit that people can't figure out. If anything, if anything, I feel like both teams should be required to write their signs down <laughs> at the start of it. Like and like they have to change every game. They get put in a lockbox somewhere. I don't know. Say center field, middle of the field. Whichever mascot can break into that lockbox, National Treasure style, mid-game without being caught, they get to just have those signs. Okay, so it's a Money in the Bank match, WWE style. You put the mascots into a cage, and they have to, they're just ladders. And Essentially it's a- ladder match, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, how about this? Scavenger hunt for the signs. Sure. Listen, you can Michael- enlist, you can enlist children and stuff from the game. If one of those kids happens to die by being pushed off the upper deck by a mascot, all you know, sorry, all's fair in love and war. Mm-hmm. Michael, we've had more innovation in baseball in the last three minutes than this sport has had in a century and a half. Yeah, it's because they always try to tamp it down because the only people that watch baseball on a regular basis are like 95 years old. And they're like, we don't want to change anything. Like, Literally okay, my cool, dad. Your sport's going to die. That's Literally, fine. The only person who watches baseball is my dad because my brother... And I have bought him the world's only MLB TV subscription for the last three years in a row. He's the one customer keeping it alive. When I I used to have the MLB MLB TV subscription when I didn't live in Chicago because I was like, oh, I want to I want to be able to watch the Cubs every once in a while. And uh, I was so excited when I was moving to Chicago because I'm like, I'm going to watch the fucking Cubs all the time. It lasted like a year before I was like, wow, baseball really boring and i don't really want to do this anymore it's It's like four hours long i mean watching it on tv is just an excuse to take a nap Mm. it's like okay good i'm in my recliner see you in two hours oh the game's not even half over yet (laughs) oh you just walked your sixth person in the fourth inning cool now if there was a a cubs mascot or like a literal bear that ran on the field i'm in that's cool i'll stay up for that baseball teams should be required to have mascots the only sport that should, well, maybe basketball, like if there was like, again, at any point in the game, a mascot could just rappel down from the ceiling and like goaltend, legally goaltend. Sure. I'm in. Basketball is exciting enough. I feel like without the mascots and have you ever been to an NBA game? I actually haven't. 
The halftime stuff that they come up with is choice. There's okay. this one called Red Panda where she rides a very tall unicycle and then throws bowls and plates onto her head and catches them. You just she said throws it with said, her foot. I'm sorry. You just all you said uh, was unicycle. There's, okay, no, no, no. I heard unicycle, but your intro was just there's just this one called Red Panda. You didn't give any like what what is a Red Panda? Who is Red Panda? Why she's, is Red Panda? She's a woman who throws plates onto her head at a bulls game at, at all game? the games she she She's does the whole, every she does the whole thing and honestly uh i have i follow people on twitter who write and so uh, for the nba and so they go to the games and they get very excited when it's when it's their city's turn to get red panda there's also the guy who does all the dog tricks or he doesn't do all the dog tricks he has a dog does all these cool tricks there's two gold dudes who basically do like really cool like body poses and they like they'll like balance on each other's heads and shit it's so weird but it's great so what i'm saying is the halftime shows at nba games are choice okay i'll check it out michael i want to get back to gritty real quick this big garbage man who punched a kid you mentioned so you mentioned mascots in florida so i had multiple friends who were mascots we knew a handful Mm -hmm. they rotate throughout the game what I really want is like an I am Spartacus situation where like multiple people who are gritty are just like, I am gritty. Then they just can't prove which gritty hit the poor kid at all. You're assuming that there are multiple gritty costumes. No, I, maybe. I mean, I one, I assume there are, but also multiple people in the gritty suit. Who knows who wait, is in do that they, thing? Do, wait, if they're trading off during the game, are they just wearing the same nasty, sweaty suit? Oh, hell yeah. You don't oh. want to be. You don't want to be second half. Oh, oh man you get on the board and you're like oh you're the fourth quarter albert and you're like no fuck. i'd actually rather not you know why hockey is also a great sport for mascots though because there is not much that's funnier than watching a full-on mascot ice skate and try to play hockey mm-hmm. it's excellent and i wish that every nhl team had a mascot and then at the all-star game they had a mascot game. Can you imagine just people like checking each other, but in full mascot gear? I would. Who doesn't pay to see that? Uh, Yeah, Michael, I would pay. Uh, Michael, at this point, again, at least one game a year, every athlete should be required to be in a mascot suit. That's just like I want world class athletes dressed up in their mascots, just lined up, mm-hmm. duking it out. Mm-hmm. And also one of the funniest gifts I've ever seen. I think it was the Raptors. Yes. mascot in like the inflatable dinosaur suit who's <laughs> like on rollerblades and then just falls over and deflates <sighs> important question yeah do you think lebron james can still dunk in a full like if he was wearing a full mascot costume like if he was wearing the gritty costume do you think he could still dunk probably right i would assume yes he might again he might have he might be stronger he might have good mascot powers all right, the All-Star game is coming up in a couple weeks. They always have the dunk contest. Everyone always complains about how lame it is because it, it's hard to come up with new stuff. Make them all compete in mascot costumes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jump over the Kia in a mascot costume, Blake Griffin. I just uh, Googled mascot gifts on Giphy, and I'm just <laughs> sitting here laughing, having a really good time. <laughs> they're, like, mascots, they're fun. Yeah. But they're much more fun when they're not part of professional sports. Like, as you go further down the line, it becomes even better. There was a video I shared earlier with um, Mascot for a Colgate game. 
It was the one time they were ever a mascot. And apparently they were high as hell. And there's just video of them just like standing there and just staring at the play happening and ignoring everyone else in the crowd. And their emoting was basically them like clapping and then raising their hands part way up. I mean, that's literally all I would do. Was it the Cubs mascot who they drew uh, like a cartoon of him like leaning on a baseball bat and he had like the artist, I think, sent a copy that he had drawn a penis and balls on, like falling out of the little bears mascot shirt. Yeah. I, yep. Here it is. I don't remember that. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Comcast Sportsnet aired it. Oh, no. So, OK. <laughs> what happened was uh, Deadspin edited it. Here we go. I'm going to send this to you. Um, and then Comcast Sportsnet put it out during a game, but it's just uh, Clark the Cub with a cock and balls <laughs> hanging out of a shirt. <laughs> Which again, this is the kind of stuff that mascots should be about. They should dick be punching kids. They should they should be just a furry convention with your dick and balls hanging out. Speaking of balls, oh god, oh no, it's one of those episodes. <laughs> Scientists say your testicles have taste buds. No, no, I, they can't. I won't allow it. Apparently there's a challenge that... <laughs> I don't know if it's a challenge or just shit that dumbass teens are doing where they put their balls in soy sauce and claim they can taste it. And uh, Let me go to the pantry. <laughs> but this story's from 2013, so it's people didn't catch on fast enough. But um, Well, TikTok re- hadn't arrived yet, so... Researchers said, what? Ah, Vine was around, though. That's true. I mean, come on. Twitter failed us, I feel like. Th- this story came out in 2013, and, like, w- we've been very online for at least that long. Yeah. And the fact that we don't know about this is, I Something think, a travesty. Went wrong. Something went terribly wrong. But uh, researchers have discovered that there are taste receptors all over your body, okay. in the stomach, intestines, pancreas, brain, anus, and even the testicles. Oh, here's the thing. This article has now dubbed. The tasticles. Of course. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good one. That's pretty good. I'll take um, it. Here's, here's so important. Are those tasticles, are the taste buds on my balls, and I'm a, are they connected to anything? You know, it's it's unclear. Because, Michael, I got to say, just objectively speaking, my balls have bec- I've gotten pretty nasty. I have not dipped them in soy sauce to test this out. But it's gotten pretty gnarly down there <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> Through various, you know, weather-related things. And it's like, mm-hmm. I didn't taste my nasty nuts. Yeah. My good nasty roasted nuts. Mm-hmm. So I refused, I refused to believe this, but now I need to go, I do need to go get some soy sauce. Yeah, I, my guess is that somebody read about this story, and basically they're just receptors, which are just proteins that are responsible for detecting, like, bitter, salty, sweet, umami Oh, mommy. Oh, mommy. I was going to ask, are the ball, t- are the testicles attuned to any specific taste? Is it uh, salty? Is it sweet? They just, they found the proteins and they, and, but they're not really sure, um, what they do or, or why they're there other than for your body to just be like, them is some not salty nuts. <laughs> My sweet chocolate balls. Yeah, sure. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, this raises a lot of. Oh, sorry. Uh, the taste-sensing proteins in the testes are associated with sweetness and umami, which is the savory taste of soy sauce, which is probably why people started dipping their... their uh... So if I just sprinkled, like, MSG on my balls, I would just be the happiest boy on earth. 
Apparently. Okay. Uh, that reminds me of another article I read, which says that there's nothing wrong with MSG. You're just racist. Yeah, no, I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. It Apparently like- it was a campaign to uh, discredit Chinese food mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. A lot of racists out there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Michael, you did make a funny joke to me earlier about this that. Um, so if you kiss some balls, are you just making out? <laughs> just you're just uh, it's a French kiss. <laughs> My taste receptors are touching your taste receptors. Yeah, that's science, girl mm. or boy. Whoever's down there, whatever. Mm. Michael, I don't want this to be true. I don't. I don't want my nuts to to taste things. <laughs> I just don't. I can't. <laughs> I yeah, having taste buds on the external of my body seems like a negative. Like if I don't want to, like if I jump into a pool or a lake or something, I don't have to taste the lake because I, I can keep my mouth shut. I'd prefer not to exactly. Actually. I honestly, I prefer not to taste anything that doesn't go in my mouth. Anything I don't willingly put in my mouth, I did it because I didn't want to taste it. Although it does make me want to try Jello wrestling. That's not good at all. Well, but I'd be able to taste all the Jello on my nuts. But why would you want to taste Jello? It tastes like it tastes sweetness. like nothing. It tastes like sweetness. But your nuts aren't tuned to sweetness. They are They're... sweetness and umami, man. Oh, okay. I I wasn't listening. So you can sprinkle some MSG and some sugar on there and it's a party. Researchers were originally trying to develop mice that didn't have these receptors uh, for use in taste-related studies, but soon realized that these mice were unable to reproduce if they were missing the taste receptors. The researchers saw that if you either remove the receptors or block their function, the mice became infertile. So basically... So you're saying if our nuts didn't taste things, we would not have survived as a species? At least for mice, at least in mice, if their nuts couldn't taste stuff, they would not be able to reproduce. If, okay, I was thinking about, like, if there's ever been a more clear sign that there was no knowledgeable (laughs) creator of this world, like, this is it. Like, we just all got here by a series of escalating mistakes. And this is just, like, one of evolution's, like, nasty surprises that, like, we used to be, like, yeah, you used to just suck in all nutrients through your taint, but we, <laughs> we grew past that and we forgot to get rid of them. So, but also if you lose them, you can no longer nut. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of like, yeah, but like, you know, your appendix, you get rid of it. It doesn't, it doesn't give you any other problems once it's gone. Yeah. You know? Uh, your, uh, your tonsils. Don't your need them. Don't teeth. want them. Don't need them. Don't, don't want them. They don't cause a problem. And like. Okay, so the other thing, the other places that they found these taste receptors, stomach, intestines, pancreas, anus, those all make sense because those are all part of your digestive system. Like, it makes sense that as we were evolving and growing, uh, that our tongue, which is connected to our esophagus and all of our stomach, and t- like, I could see some taste receptors and proteins kind of sh- being shared. Sure. Where do the testes come in? Where do these testicles? How did they? How did they get it? I don't want to know. I don't. <laughs> like, what was the evolutionary process? I don't want to. Your know. body was like, you know what? These things should do. Taste it. I mean, I just always assumed that our evolutionary forebears did some nasty ass shit. But like, this must have come from just like for fun. A lot of our ancestors were just dragging their nuts through whatever like pudding equivalent they had for a good time. <laughs> And they just kept doing it enough that eventually their bodies were like, well, I guess I have to 
taste this? Well, and the fact that they existed, there is some there there is there must be some way for the mate to be able to tell that our testes can taste, which is how they became the dominant ones that would reproduce. And people who don't have tasty testes are infertile. Assuming, Michael, that testicles is the dominant feature by which evolution selected, like, superiority. (laughs) I'm just saying, like... It, for it to have stuck around that feels more like a value add situation for, it's like, for okay it have, good for it to have happened and stuck around like that it had to have some ability for for the mates to be able to tell which ones did and didn't right well maybe my, maybe my, maybe maybe here's what it is maybe it was an evolutionary gift that back in the day when your nuts i mean i assume no showers and your nuts got I, uh, again, massively gnarly. <laughs> Everyone's nuts were that way. And you just had that taste in your mouth nonstop. It probably <laughs> made, like, the bad food that they, like, our forebears had to eat back in the day a mm. little bit more palatable. It was like, at least it's not my horrible, horrible <laughs> nutsack. <laughs> so the people who didn't have that taste of nuts in their mouth all the time, they just they just didn't eat any food because it was all mm. bad. Mm. Just the nut tasters were like, okay, well. Morning better. breath. The yeah. worst morning breath. It's more palatable, at least. It's like a little breath mint. Um, this is a bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. It's one of the things I read or I've seen before about evolution is that like people like to people idealize evolution as some like great thing that like makes us better, but yeah. all ev- evolution doesn't actively try to make anything better it just tries to make you adapt to your situation i mean evolution made us this and we are objectively just a broken <laughs> shitty pile of shit non-stop like we are not like at peak performance like this well, is I know, not but people are like oh we've evolved for so long it must mean we're so much better it's like well, i don't know we still have tasty nuts so i don't know what to tell you we clearly have not finished Finish growing. No, we need. We have so much more, but we're not going to make it. <laughs> we're never going to find our final form because we're going to destroy the world before then. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, at this point, maybe better off. <laughs> All right. Speaking of speaking of things that have evolved in just a fucking asinine way, um, I kind of kept I kept seeing some tweets about the impeachment trial and people making jokes about milk. Or people drinking milk, and I was like, okay, that's weird. I, I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, but then well, it's, it, all, it's it's all Mike Pence eats. So <laughs> I was like, okay, they're making a joke about like the whiteness of the Senate or something. I don't know. But anyways, no. Apparently, there is a rule on the Senate floor that there's no food or drink allowed, but there are three exceptions: water, sure, great, obviously, gotta, gotta hydrate, candy, sure. Okay. I guess it's like a a cheap. It's like cheap calories, you know, and I people guess. like to they they need to get their I don't know. It won't distract anybody. Well, except like when Joe Biden's unwrapping his Werther's original and just making a ton of noise. This is okay. 17th Werther. Yeah. Uh, and then milk. So you can only eat candy. Those are your only that's your only food option during while you're on the Senate floor. And the drink options are would you like milk or water? It's like blizzard rules. It's like you got milk bread and okay. Wh- Yes. Uh, and I can I 
I literally do not understand. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And it's a precedent that dates back to 1966. Which how is it only that? I don't know. And it says, quote unquote, Senate rules do not prohibit a senator from sipping milk during his speech. And so, like, it's just a precedent that somebody decided to put in the procedures with no other clarification. Anecdotal evidence suggests that in past years or that in years past, senators have been allowed to bring other beverages such as milk or orange juice into the chamber. Why did Michael, you put those back together? Milk and orange juice. That is disgusting. Michael. You okay? We talked about this last week. I found an article uh, from NPR from yesterday. This is literally an Airbud situation. (laughs) (laughs) Like no joke. Here's a quote, or I'll read it. On January twenty fourth, nineteen sixty six, Senator Everett Dirksen of Illinois was thirsty on the Senate floor. For a moment, he put aside debate on labor law and asked the presiding officer of the chamber a question: Can I have a Senate page fetch me a generous helping of milk? Is it in violation of the Senate rules if the senator for Illinois asked one of these page boys to go to the restaurant and bring him a glass of milk? Replied the presiding officer, there is nothing in the rules to prohibit the senator from requesting a glass of milk. That's it. But there is rules against food and drink, so... But again, it didn't explicitly outlaw milk, so the presiding officer was like, sure, have some fucking milk. Oh, actually, it it wasn't... food Food or drink wasn't outlawed for a while but they basically they've outlawed food or drink but since they set that precedent in 1966 they were just like sure you can have okay that that's included then i guess apparently strom thurman drank orange juice during his 24-hour filibuster in 1957 which sounds like what a racist would do have you ever so what's a lot of orange juice have you ever heard of five alive yeah the orange juice adjacent Mm -hmm. uh beverage that it's like Sunny D for perverts. <laughs> yeah. And it came in like the, you know, the the paper carton. Um, So I used to drink Five Alive all the time. Like that was all I drank. And I remember one day I drank so much of it and did not eat a whole lot. It burned so incredibly bad to pee mm-hmm. that I don't think I ever drank Five Alive again. So I can't yeah. even imagine drinking nothing but orange juice during 24-hour filibuster what Strom Thurmond's pee situation would have been. And you know what? Whatever, however bad it was, it I was hope still it burned too good like, for him. I hope it burned like battery acid. Um, so here's some... Apparently it was partially blocked because... Uh, uh, concerns about being poisoned because at some point, uh, Robert LaFollette in 1908... Uh, was hold on one second. Um, he was in an eighteen-hour, twenty-three-minute filibuster, and during during the speech, he was just chugging eggnog. Oh, and I think he might have died. Um, <laughs> probably they invest- should have. So they investigated his eggnog after the fact, and it was revealed that it contained enough toxic bacteria to be lethal. So, like, whether he just had a bunch of eggnog sitting out and it just went bad, and he just spent eighteen hours drinking it. Well, yeah, there's no fridge in the Senate chamber, so if he was just drinking, like, after, like, an hour, sure. Again, this might as well have been someone's nutsacks. That's true. 1908, they didn't have, did they even have fridges? Just an ice chest. It was, like, 95 degrees. Uh, Michael, speaking of a process, any process that could be improved by mascot fights, the Senate floor. Oh, yes. Yes. You should be able to, okay, okay, we talked about this last week, but trial by combat. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but you get to name your mascot. Okay. And then the mascot's not going to fight for you. You're still fighting, but in the mascot costume. This is how we keep it from being like just death sentences. Okay. A lot of extra padding. Yeah. Extra padding. You you can't use sharp objects. So you're just going to town on each other with like hockey sticks or bats or some shit. Sure, that's fine. That's why I will only choose Philadelphia mascots who I'm sure have hidden blades sewn into their costumes. <laughs> There's definitely batteries and whatever else in there. Bags of piss just ready to go. God, was- 18. He was drinking 18 hour old eggnog in, in 1908. Yeah. Yeah, he probably should should be dead. If, Got it. He should have been dead. Yeah. If it was 1908, he probably is 100% dead now, but apparently there is a designated candy drawer in the in the Senate. What yeah, the candy fuck? there's a candy desk and the candy desk duties fall upon Republican Senator Pat Toomey. Um it's currently stocked with Hershey's bars with almonds, Rollo caramels, Milky Ways through Mcatears bars, Palmer peanut butter cups and fuck. Goldenberg's peanut chews. What kind of fucking 1940s bullshit. What is a Palmer peanut butter cup? Can you imagine being a United States senator and during what should be one of the most important moments of, I mean, the political like moment or your career, you're just sitting at a desk giving Rolos to old perverts. <laughs> you can only have one. Sorry. Come yeah. back for some Goldberg's peanut clusters, you dick. <laughs> Like, how how upset would you be if somebody was like, hey, I got peanut butter cups, and you're like, oh, sweet, I could really use one of those, and they handed you a fucking Palmer's, whatever that is, and you were like, what the, no, why Where's did you give this to me? fucking take five, you assholes? I can't find anything about Palmer. <laughs> Palmer's peanut butter cups. I was right, 1940s. 1948. They're from a company just called Everyday Candy, the R.M. Palmer Company. Yeah. Uh, With initial investment of $25,000 equivalent to $245,000, we purchased some used equipment and rents an old warehouse in Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania, with only four employees and four products that included... I want you to (laughs) just listen very carefully to these products. Baby Binks, (laughs) Bunny Binks, Daddy Binks, Okay. And, and hen and egg. Okay. Um, are those Michael, like precursors to uh, peeps? I think they might be. Also, Michael, I'm looking at the Palmer, the RM Palmer uh, company website now, realizing it is they exclusively make the shitty, shitty candy that you would get in your Easter basket. Like the tin, like the foil wrapped, like footballs, baseballs, like little, little balls of any kind, gold coins. And then their shitty shit ass peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. Yep. Also you who mini bars, which is pretty dope. Um, can you do a quick, can you do a quick Google image search for daddy banks, please. <laughs> <laughs> So when I search Daddy Binks, I haven't hit enter yet. The second result is Daddy Jar Jar Binks, mm-hmm. which I am so intensely uncomfortable <laughs> by the thought of there's a buff, a, a buff ass Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there is one that looks like they just put Jar Jar Binks head onto the rock's body. Yeah, that's what they did. This looks like every Photoshop of Donald Trump on like on MAGA forums. <laughs> 
But um, I no one ever told no one told me what Daddy Binks is as far as a candy. Um, I'm I'm afraid to look up Baby Binks. I'll do it. I'll jump on that grenade. <laughs> okay, that reveals that returns the most terrifying fucking chocolate bunny <laughs> I've ever seen. It has the most dangerously insane. Also, it does reveal a baby Yoda, baby Jar Jar, which is also horrifyingly insane. They still make baby Binks. Oh my god! <laughs> They're just chocolate rabbits with terrifying, terrifying eyes. Uh, baby Binks Google image search also returns an image of someone wearing a Jar Jar Binks like rubber mask, attempting to like w- eat a plastic baby doll. <laughs> The reviews of the Palmer Baby Binks Hollow Milk Chocolate Bunny on Google are terrific. I often have chocolate fantasies where I'm chewing away at a giant hunk of chocolate, and this satisfied that daydream. It's big, and it's all for yourself to gnaw away at and satisfy your belly. Who the fuck talks like that? Oh, God. Guarantee those are by Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Joe Biden definitely eats all the Palmer candies. There's one there was one review of Palmer peanut butter peanut Palmer peanut butter <laughs> pumpkin cups. It's five, one five star review. The only word is yummy. <laughs> I always use a baby mini a baby Binks for Easter. Good because what the fuck else would you use a fucking chocolate bunny for? You monster. That's probably an acceptable way to close out this episode. I think I need to order all of the Palmer candy options and just return. I think I need to try them all. <laughs> are you going to, um, so are you going to write the blog post that includes the buff Jar Jar Binks picture or should I? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll again. It's my turn because I missed, <laughs> I didn't do last week. Um, so yeah, I guess falls to me. Mm. Hmm. Oh man. Michael, I don't want to, though. I'll say that much. Uh, too bad. I'll oh. also make... Uh, go on. Just make photoshops of Jar Jar Binks' head on our bodies. I'd rather not do that. <laughs> I'd just rather not. But, like, midway midway Animorphs change between us turning into Jar Jar Binks is what I want. If you could just get on that, it'd be great. Just photoshop me Animorphing into Jar Jar Binks, but only halfway there. Did you? I didn't know the Animorph series was still going. I think it oh. ended recently. <laughs> really? And I yeah, I read a bunch of like it started trending on Twitter, and it was just like people being mad that the anim like first of all that the Animorphs did not have a happy ending, and then the author or apparently there are like twenty three or twenty eight Animorphs books, and the author was just like, uh, yeah. It's a fucking war novel which in which people go through some real shit. People die, and it's all about how war is bad. Like, it's apparently just this huge anti-war screed. She's like, there aren't any happy endings, because war fucking sucks, and it does terrible things to teens who can turn into animals. Sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, there's, like, Animorphs 53. How many different animals can you morph into? I mean, I guess as many animals as there are on the Earth, huh? Yeah, but hmm. the, the, there's, oh, there's one of somebody turning into a starfish. That's got what? Where was the, how is that useful? What are you up to? Yeah, I'm gonna go open that clam. Great, good job. We're all okay. We say you saved the world. I, I just don't. I I refuse to believe that some of these these covers that I'm seeing on the Google image search are real. 
Name me. You want to give me some titles? Break off some titles of the Animorph books. The Proposal. Okay, that's not interesting. It's it's a standard poodle standing on its back legs turning into a human boy. So okay, there's that. F- 54 dang books. There's a lot of books, man. And apparently, they didn't end well. Oh, 65 books. Complete 65 books set. How much would it suck to be a kid and you're like, they're like, oh, you're going to get to be the new Animorphs cover person. You're like, yes. What am I going to turn into? Am I going to get to be a fucking cool, like, alligator or like a dog or a bear or something? And they're like, nah, you get to turn into a cockroach. A cockroach. Because fuck you, that's why. only tastes things through its little cockroach balls. (laughs) Michael, I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Uh, Everyone, if you've liked this episode... I mean, all right. Uh, there's I promise a never post. to drink coffee again. Yeah, and it was a slow news week. It was. It was really just gritty and Mr. Peanut. So all things considered, I think we did pretty good. Um, if you've liked this episode, you can find out more information. And I promise a blog post will be up when this episode goes out uh, at goodbuddymedia.com. Uh, you can also find out more information about our sister show, Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael and I and our good buddy, Curtis, are watching every single episode of Hit Show 24. Um we should have a new episode of that out next week, if all goes according to plan. Uh, but we are about hour 10 of day three, and uh, things are getting pretty juicy uh, over there. So mm-hmm. if you if you like 24, you'll probably like that. Well, if you like this show, you'll probably like that show, because it's really just us being goofy and sometimes talking about 24. So uh, go ahead and check that one out. Even if you've never seen it, you'll probably like it. Uh, Michael, how else can people help us out? So there's just one Animorphs where they just show the dude's head. <laughs> His head's just turning into... A salamander's head, it looks like, or maybe okay. a, a maybe a an anole, but green. I don't know. Is there a green anole? Uh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's just does, a head, though. It's just it's just his head, just his head, which is terrifying. Um, you can help us out by finding us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at tilpcast. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast app of choice, um, and by searching for trends in low places. And when you do find us, please. Give us a five-star rating, and if you have a little bit of time, a nice five-star review as well. Um, You can send us stories at Twitter. It's probably best. Even best is email. uh, Goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. Michael, Um, I found one Animorphs where there's a... Like an Avatar centaur man, like Avatar the movie, mm-hmm. but also he's got a centaur body, but also sure. the Avatar tail that plugs into other avatars and the big bird thing. Yeah. And then he's just turning into a boy in a flight suit. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, frankly, it's pretty good. Oh. It's incoming. Yeah. He's got okay. a little antenna, and but like a pig face also in the blue Avatar yeah, body. Yeah, what is this animal? He looks like a mix of the Tick, an Avatar Man, and a Centaur. Uh, and then he, then he does turn into Top Gun Boy. They all have very weird te- like taglines, too. Yeah. Like this one is, the Animorphs have never met Visser 2 until now. Well, yeah, we haven't met. And there's no. everything changes, but not quite like this. Some people never change. Some do. <laughs> Some turn change into animals. So, yes, um, I think that's everything. I think I got it all out. Yeah. I think this one kid turned into a flock of birds, like like an actual multiple birds. Just a situation. whole flock of birds, a whole flock of seagulls, eh? 
Okay, here's another. Okay, so here's a here's one where the Centaur Avatar boys turn into a raccoon. That's not legal. There, yeah, there's one where this there the centaurs turn into a dragonfly or a wasp of some sort. So wait, okay, normally it's people turning into animals, but now we got fake animals turning into other animals. I'm it. Hmm. Hmm. Do I have to read all sixty five animorph books? Yeah, I think we do. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna get on that. Michael, it's been lovely talking with you, buddy. Love you. Love you too. Toodles. Bye.